0: Hello, welcome to Boss Women, a podcast about women, comedy, and business. My name's Katie, and this is my mum, Karen. Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, mama said. Mama said, mama said, mama said, mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, my mama, said, mama said. Hello, mum, how are you? Oh, I'm all right. I've been very busy today about my health. The oh God! Yeah, doctor, surgery, phoned me up because I'm a person at risk, and asked me if um, if uh, it comes to it, do do you want resuscitated or do you want us to care for you? Yes, I want. <laughs> yes, <laughs> why wouldn't I? Oh my God, <laughs> it's crazy. Why do think what, what they have it to do everything? The letters I've had two letters saying that I am. Um, uh, identified as a person of risk only because i've had cancer in the last 3 years within what 2 years ago mm-hmm. and because i'm still taking um medication and bloody blah and uh i'm on the trial and i don't know why <laughs> i'm i'm yeah, but... only and, and i'm 70 plus and so they um went through all the questions you know and uh, I mean, I, I may be a person at risk, but I can look after myself. I'm not 90. I'm 70. I can still walk. I can still talk. I know, but you are you are quite different from a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, unique. But, I mean, I can feel that I'm not as as um, fit as I used to be. And this lockdown makes you less fit, even although I have a Zoom lady that, you know, puts me through my paces three Get times three exercises. a week and exercises and i go into my little lawn but do you think so i realized you... now sorry sorry mum <laughs> <laughs> because we're talking about mums <laughs> <laughs> mum. oh no you've become my mother um no oh. i want to know what i want to know is why do you think they're asking you that question about whether you want to be but is that to like weedle some people out so that they don't have to resuscitate some people yeah of course there's not enough um no no (laughs) no (laughs) uh, i think the reason they're doing it is that um if you feel you've done your time you've had your time Uh you know you you're happy to to go (laughs) (laughs) and i'm not just so you you know. know I'm glad, I, yeah. I'm I, I said to them, the first thing I said to her, well, when she asked, was, I'm sorry, I've, I've got to meet um, Katie's children. And that, yes, I did say Katie, and she knows who you are anyway, because you're, you're with the same doctor. Family doctor. Mm-hmm. So, Very good. so she knows that I'm going to get your eggs frozen, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> you told her all your plans for me. Good yeah and um, so cheers mum happy tuesday no look how hot i am what's going on no i'm quite hot as well cheers happy tuesday <laughs> that's yeah. terrible yeah very good all right we get it so today's episode um that i would i thought would be nice to talk about because we haven't done this yet actually uh was to talk about your relationship with your mother uh, we I must am... have talked about it at some point, surely. Yeah, but we haven't talked about it in depth. And I think we interview a lot of people and we're going to be interviewing people. And we ask them about their relationship with their mum and the life lessons that they learned from their mum. And we haven't really talked about, we've talked about what you give to me. In... Are you <laughs> a bit hot there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit hot. Yeah. <laughs> um We've talked a lot about the lessons that you are passing down to me, but nothing about what you've learned from your mother. I didn't get the privilege of meeting her. She died before I was born, um, right. and but, and I've heard hundreds of stories about her. But uh, I want to know more about well, her and you. Of the stories One, you heard, Kate, <laughs> of the stories you heard, Katie, uh, what was your impression? She was beautiful. Um, she loved her husband very much um, she wasn't was my great father, just so yeah. you know just to get, set the record straight yeah. there. Um, she wasn't great with the kids necessarily but we can go into that later and um, and i thought that she was a taskmaster she was a bit piece of work oh i know maybe that i'm getting that from some drunken stories of her that I've heard. Yeah, I've she heard was... Down in <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's my impression, but my brother Christian met her and he has very fond memories of her. But let's go back all the way to the beginning and tell me the history of her before you talk about your relationship and everything. What's her name? Dokey, dokey, I have <laughs> written down some notes, Katie, for you. <laughs> Um, Good, thank you. My mum was. My mum. Please don't read them like. like I know, but she not. was born May the twentieth, nineteen twenty-seven, mm-hmm. uh, in uh, Telemark in Norway. Uh, she had two sisters and a brother, and she was the baby of the family. Mm-hmm. And her name was Ellen Johanna Holter and she was called Bitten. B-I-T-T-E-N, which sounds like you're being bitten in British. But in (laughs) Norwegian, it means you're the baby, you're the little one. That was our nickname. That was our nickname. But in in Norway, uh, well, not just Norway, all over the world, there's a lot of families that, in Australia, it's a huge thing. What? Using nicknames for people. Mm -hmm. You know, they use nicknames rather than, you know, like, um, Tim Minchin calling me kicker. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. crazy, but it's KK and I'm, you know, tough and rough mm-hmm. and tough and bloody well, Yeah. Uh, so mum was called Bitten. Her mm-hmm. sister was called Tula, but her real name was Ingeborg Sophia Halter, and mm-hmm. her, her other sister was Thea, and she was actually Dorothea, so like Dorothy. Okay. Yeah. Um, so mum was bitten oh, and Hans Holter the brother he was just called Hans so that's fine mm-hmm. um, and she was, she was spoiled there's no doubt about it because she was so absolutely gorgeous beautiful she was um, a cross between Grace Kelly and Ingrid Bergman mm-hmm. I've always said to you she had this absolutely beautiful nose Yeah, you were very jealous yeah. of her nose Oh, complete, sharp, beautiful nose. I then mean, you, were, were you your, Ellie's nose? Did you have your fingers crossed when I was born that I was going to have her nose? And then Why it went disastrously <laughs> 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 <That's> wrong. <laughs> no, unfortunately, you took after your father there. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately, but your nose is still beautiful to me, Katie. She, as I said, she was very spoiled and she was... Th- th- so were they a rich th- family? Hmm? Were they a rich family then? They were well-to-do. They weren't very rich, but they were well-to-do. Um, and uh, they lived in Telemark, as I say, where in 1941, when um, the, the Germans occupied Norway, um, they were very, you know, they, the Germans were really there. I mean, she, that's some of the stories that she told me that were really, really good. Mm-hmm. well interesting um, she used to tell me that she'd be walking to school and she'd have to dive bomb while the, the planes were coming down the river to to try and bomb the the ships you know and she would mm-hmm. have to lie flat on the ground um, oh. she told me that she, her dad sent her up to the mountains to a boarding school uh, where she got a bag of sugar for pocket money instead of money because sugar was so, you know, you just didn't get sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ran away um, twice, and each time he would take her right back. Um, and why she didn't like it, there was only four four girls and, like, 19 boys or something there, you know. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then after the war, well, what actually happened was... Um, there was a boy that she fell in love with on the other side of the river, which mum and dad did not approve of, or the family did not approve of the family, the other family. Okay. And they decided to bring her, take her away to Edinburgh to become an au pair girl, not Edinburgh, but to, yeah. Well, it was to Edinburgh, wasn't it? Her, the my grandmother's brother was a sea captain Mm -hmm. and they could very easily take them on the, the little ship over to, to um, Edinburgh. And it just so happened that the family that my mum uh, was going to be au pair girl to, she was only 17, my mum yep. then, um, she was best friends with my dad's family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he walked into the room, this hungry. She was the au pair in the house and he... Not in, they went for tea or something. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that in love and bloody blah. So they met when she was 17. 17 and he was, he was 27, 28. Well, he had been um, in the Norwegian army and there was a big, you know, the, the Nazis came and there was a big um battle or whatever. He was wounded in the leg and his platoon Ended up in Svalbard, up in the Arctic Circle. Yeah, yeah, and they were there for the duration of the war. So he was only twenty-four years old, and up mm-hmm. in Svalbard. So what after? Sorry. That, so, what brought him to Edinburgh? That business? No, his mother and dad lived there. He was brought up in Edinburgh. Okay. Right. My dad, <laughs> my dad and his brother. Mm-hmm. The my grandfather was born in the Lofoten Islands outside border, mm-hmm. you know, the, this is Coran family and I were talking about, this is a Coran family and he was a sea captain. Mm-hmm. He went out and he had met, um, his, the love of his life, Karen Lundamo, um, and Karen Randina Lundamo, <laughs> and, uh, they had two children, two boys, uh, a year apart, but mm-hmm. he, went off to sea you know he he, uh-huh. he was a captain yeah. so she said to him on the last outing she said I'm not going to wait five years while I bring up your children this is your grandparents isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. did cool. I want you home yeah. so on his way home he stopped off in Leith the yeah. port of Leith and saw that there was a ship chandler for sale uh in Leith and he bought it Mm-hmm. And he went home to his darling wife and said, we're moving to Edinburgh. Yeah. So, so they had moved to Edinburgh in 1922. Before the boys were, were born, or they were still born in Norway. My dad was five. Okay. My dad was five when he came to Edinburgh. He ended okay. up going to Stuart's Mill or Daniel yeah. Stuart's don't so want to talk about your dad anymore. Want to talk no, about your father. But I, no, No, I just need Edinburgh. to... Hear, um, yeah, just need to... So... She was Norwegian. She came over because she was trying and to get away from a he boy. Came. Her family was getting no, her away from a boy. She didn't want to leave the boy. Yeah. But did she, did she tell you the story at one point that she was in love no, with No, I found out this last summer when I was over. Really? We went up to the house, my old family house, and uh, my cousins, they had got out this huge bo- box of old photographs, and I, they gave me all these, I mean, there was hardly any, but there were some old photographs of my mum, and they told me why she came to Edinburgh. My family in in um, the old house. We looked at all these photographs, and they told me the story mm. that um, that mum was madly in love with this boy that the family didn't approve of, and I didn't know that that was the reason she came over. Yeah, so she didn't. Tell, she did. She would never reveal stuff like that to you. You didn't have yeah, that kind of relationship. You know, although many years later. After my dad died, she had to go over to Norway for my, it was either my uncle's funeral or my grandmother's funeral, one or the other. Mm-hmm. And um, I came and picked her up at the, at the ferry at Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And she came off with a, a man in each arm and a complete black eye. <gasps> Com- and I went, what? the hell happened she'd been drinking all night with them but in Norway she'd obviously gone to see the old love and in the snow and everything she fell over and hit her head and she came oh back with his back oh my god and so I'm assuming that that was her old love that she went to see her old love oh. so uh rewind again um they met she was an au pair for your dad's friend's family yeah um, and they married when she was just nineteen, and he was just going on thirty. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he was a lot older than her. I don't even know. I mean, it's figures. amazing that she left a boy and then met a boy. Mm-hmm. Like they, there was no stopping her. She was going to have a husband. She whatever. She happened. was beautiful, and she was obviously very determined. Yeah. And uh, so they. They got married in Telemark in Norway in the big old house. And did her parents approve of your dad? Absolutely, they approved because he was from a very, a very strong, good family whose ancestors are all ministers and doctors and headmasters and you know, like my mum's family is all. Sorry, had a good bloodline. Yeah, so there's the my dad's family are all traditional. Stock, whereas Mum's family were all working hard, but made a lot of money, you know, in shipping and oil and forestry and Mm -hmm. you know all that kind of thing. So it was a it was a it was a joining of two very good families. And there's this most beautiful beautiful photo of them on their wedding day. I know it's absolutely gorgeous. It's like she's draped. She oh no, she's sitting down and he's standing up, and she's yes, but it's like. He's just holding her when looking over her. And she's gazing up at him. It's absolutely stunning. With her beautiful nose. And then... (laughs) Obsessed with the nose. Her nose is... Um, And then they went on a honeymoon. And he was was across, in my eyes, Mm -hmm. he was across, so you won't know these people, Robert Mitchum and Kirk Douglas. Although he didn't have the... He didn't have the point... He didn't have the thing in the in the chin, mm-hmm. but he was like that. And I think when they got married, he had a middle parting, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Where did they get married? In Edinburgh? No, they got married in the family home in Telemark. Don't say it like I know. I just said it two minutes ago oh, sorry. in this actual <laughs> recording. <laughs> it shows you how you listen. And. Uh, Dad wanted to stay in Norway because he absolutely loves Norway or loved mm-hmm. Norway, mm-hmm. Um, and he wanted to be a farmer and stay in Norway. But did yeah, he really did. But my my grandfather's business required him to come and take over the business, which is what but he then, did. What I was asking was, they went on on a honeymoon. Did they go somewhere? Oh, they went on honeymoon to Karistua. and Karistua is. I thought you would go. Really? Did they? No, because I know that story. That's why. Oh, I asked. Sorry, Harisu uh, <laughs> is our lovely Norwegian um, summer cottage log cabin, in, on the fjord, fjord down in Luleå, and they went there with his mum and dad. Uh-huh. And I tell you, the the walls are oh. like <laughs> you can hear a pin drop. <laughs> you can and, hear everything. Really much. Frolicked in the forest or something. They have done it in the lake or something. They, won't <laughs> <laughs> they can't do it. They can't have done it in so that house. it's awful for them. You know, because yeah. my, my dad's mum and dad, you know, my grandparent, loved them to bits, but he was a very strict sea captain. You well, then, know, and, yeah, oh, yeah. he was a hard man. And she was, you know, a snob. Terrible snob. Yeah. You know so, so sorry. Uh, they went to Carish with... The Coran, so your dad's parents, mm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then they got a house in Edinburgh. What happened then? They got a house in the next street beside my grandma and grandpa. Oh my God, did <laughs> they want to be in close or something? She had completely married into that family. Was your dad's was like your grandmother really protective of your dad? Do you think? Yeah. Well, she only had two boys, yeah. and the, and um, Rolf. The Donna, youngest, Donna. he yeah. he didn't get go into the Norwegian army until the war was over, and he became one of the bomb disposal, and then he studied architecture and buggered off to Singapore, yeah. to mm-hmm. rebuild Singapore after the war. Met an Australian girl and moved to Melbourne. Yeah. So that was um, my grandmother without a son because in those days it took you six weeks to. There. go in a boat to get over, that was just to get to Singapore, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know? So, I mean, she was devastated that he married an Australian girl. Yeah,
1: yeah, I uh, can imagine.
0: And that's, he, they were, we were all very close when we were, you know, as a family, I mean, they lived, we eventually moved to Blackhall, so it was about 15 minutes to get to my <laughs> grandparents, you know, whereas before it was only two minutes. So um, how long after they married did they have uh, you and your brother? A year and a half till they had uh, Johan. And eldest. then me 14 months later. And then every four years they had a boy. <laughs> four years on the dot. They were all in November. The, the boy so how many boy. of you are there? Um, well, she was expecting uh, her final boy, who was in November again and uh, on she was expecting when my dad was killed in a car accident. So that was when everything changed from a uh, wonderful, happy, loving family to tragic, you know. Mm-hmm. And was it wonderful, happy, loving? Oh, God, yeah. Because so she had Johan, then you, then Eric, Eric, then Chris, and then Rolf was the last boy that yeah. was she was pregnant with when your dad was killed in a car accident. Yeah. Yeah. So the four boys before three boys and you. Your well, your um, Johan with... and I were very close up until we became up until dad died really, and that's when we started drifting apart. But what what was your relationship like as a kid with your mum and your dad when you were young? I have real problem. I mean. I don't have problems remembering her because she was always there. She was always cooking. She was always doing something. So my memories as a child was um, her making the dinner, her making the breakfast, her um, knitting, Mm her... Did you not interact with her very much then? She she taught me how to sew and she taught me how to knit. Uh, She taught me... um, Car, not card games, but um, solo card games, you know, like... Yeah, solitaire and stuff. Yeah, because she was... Her and her mum were really good at those card games. Mm-hmm. And she taught me things but, like so that. does that, does, you know, the way that you say that, was she quite insular? Did she not really play... Like, she didn't play with you and she didn't hang no. out with you. She did, just no. did her own thing. Like would not hang out with any of us. Yeah, but you, you wouldn't we, sit in. Talk to her while she made dinner, or she wouldn't sit and talk to her while she. I would. I would, watch her, mm-hmm. but she wouldn't say, "Now this is how you do this." And yeah. yeah. Sure, um, sure. And it was all. It was all about my dad. You know, when he came home from work, we all went running down the driveway and jumped into his arms, and, you know, it was. It was a real thing. You know that he was. But was delighted. that he was more responsive to you as well he was Oh yeah we used to roll around the the floor on a Saturday afternoon while listening to the the football scores Mm -hmm. you know I just have the memory of all the football scores (laughs) and rolling around and just having a laugh and he used to do that thing where he'd lie down and pick us up and roll us over his body you know and all stuff like that so we used to do all that kind of thing. And, and I think he was probably more into family life than she was. She was more into, uh, well, she had to be into family life, but she was more into being very beautiful and, you know, mm-hmm. getting lots of love from her husband, you know.
1: She, they, they, she,
0: they used to party a lot. They would have I was ask. Yeah, dinner parties. When, when they had dinner parties, we were pushed up into the bedroom and not locked in our rooms, but we weren't allowed to come out no matter what. Yeah. And um, I remember she, I mean, she made some, I mean, very much the 50s. She pouring was, more wine, sorry. All right, okay, very good. She yep. would make things like biff tatar, which was... <laughs> a, um, it, I mean, you can get it in France now, but it was very it was a delicacy in those days you know mm-hmm. and, um, with half a, an egg uh, shell yeah. with just the egg yolk in it yeah, and it all in, yeah yeah, it was absolutely beautiful, and then she'd make lobster thermidor my god and, and Uh, Johan, my brother, used to pick up the live lobsters and run around trying to get me with them and I'd be going screaming and (laughs) little shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, And um, on a Friday they would the drinks the drinks trolley would come out. And it's I mean I have never ever liked gin or whiskey. I I mean I've never drunk gin in all my and I drink it a lot. And it's all to do with the smell of gin and whiskey in the living room on a Friday evening. Mm -hmm. And the other thing she used to do once or twice, I went to Maison Victor on a Friday at five o'clock or something. Mum would go to the hairdresser. Mm -hmm. And... and, uh, I'll show you where it is, actually. It was up the mound there, and uh, Mm -hmm. I went with her a couple of times. And then we would go down to, she would take me down to what's now the Balmoral Hotel, Mm -hmm. and she would meet Dad after work, and they would have oysters and champagne. Oh, I would sit in the foyer waiting patiently while they... Really? (laughs) (laughs) Like they had a romantic glass of champagne and oyster. Yeah. My God, that's amazing. That is like the dream of what I think because what era was this the Uh Uh fifties? It just sounds And they were incredibly romantic couple and I they like socialites but not socialites. Oh very much so. Very much so. I mean she all the photos in those times she just looked amazing. Uh So it was such a tragedy for her and everyone involved but such a tragedy for her. Did they have a lot of money then? Were they seen as upper class? Not upper class, no, uh, upper middle class. Middle, middle class, yeah. You know, I went to Mary Erskine's and, you know. Yeah, so they were doing all right. They went well, they were doing great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there, there could have been a lot better to come, I think. Was that from her family money or was that because of the business? No, because of the business, really? family money Thank came trouble. later, and we used to go every summer um, holidays. We would take the uh, boat, the Fred Olsen liners from Newcastle over to Norway, mm-hmm. and uh, they would be in first class. Yeah, and they would they would end up at the captain's table for dinner, and that whole era, you know, it's very much Agatha Christie, you know. Yeah. Um, esque um, where they would be and I remember um, they would put us to bed me and my brother and uh, I don't know what happened but him and I ran in our pyjamas into the first class lounge while they were hmm. having their cocktails or dinner or whatever and she yeah. had oh come on you know taking us back to bed <laughs> and behave and you know yeah. um, my mum so was born, so sorry my mum was also a very good um fisher, fishing person. She was man? good at fishing. Going oh, out Oh your your mum was. was. My mum was. All oh, right. She was once so I remember in Norway at uh, Kari Stewart that she and my dad went out. She came back with twenty fish and he came back with one. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh had the touch, you know. Yeah, yeah. So there was loads of great things about her, but of course, once dad had gone, you know, it just became tough. Well, I just want to touch on that briefly. So before we talk about what happened, is there any other stories you want to share about before the accident? I mean, mum came from a lovely family and But they were all drinkers, you know, and, and Dad was a bit. They, he was a bit of a drinker as well, you know, and and they all smoked. And it, it mm-hmm. was the fifties, you know. Just think, yeah. Mad Men, you know. Yeah, I know. I love it. And, and that look, you know, she, oh, her clothes. That's what I was going to ask you. What was her wardrobe oh, like? She had amazing clothes, and there was things that happened that you know, I just used to. I used to watch her in admiration i mean mm-hmm. that's why we didn't have a relationship i just used to go oh my god you look gorgeous and mm-hmm. you know watch her dressing mm-hmm. go out and stuff like that you know is the, the mink thing that i wore to your 70th is that your grandmother's or, or hers no i think that was hers um but i've got another i think i've still got it. a beautiful suit it was an oatmeal suit with a big fur collar that came right down to your waist huge big pockets and a straight skirt with a big split up the back you know I mean she was sensational in in you know in those days yeah and it was just such a shame for her that her whole her whole um world world fell apart it just fell apart So I think we've talked about this probably on the podcast before, but let's just go into it. Um, What happened? Well, I I don't really need to go into it if we've spoken about it before, but no, I just want to know kind of. uh, I went to stay. I went to stay at my best friend at the time, to a street away. It's a Friday night, so I was at a sleepover, mm -hmm. and and uh, how old were you? I was eleven. And dad uh, had been at my uncle, um, my uncle Finn, who he had grown up with. Mm -hmm. So there was Rolf, his brother, and Finn and him that were as close. They were all because Finn's mother died at at birth. So my grandma became his mum, really. And so he was the Norwegian Consul General in Glasgow. so they used to have such great times together and they and my uncle Finn and Tuta his -hmm. wife had three girls and I used to be there loads because they were like my sisters and he he was there from something like 58 to 62 Mm -hmm. and in 1961 my dad uh, was went to theirs now he either had a cup of tea or a drink who the hell knows Mm -hmm. I suspect he probably had some alcohol in his yeah. system yeah but um, it was a time of no seatbelts and no yeah. laws against drinking so yeah and he drove in the a8 at the time wasn't it the a8 and um he i i mean i found this out uh, later in time that mum and him had had a bit of a row because she was pregnant with rolf and she and he said why don't i stay here and We'll meet in Glasgow tomorrow because they were going to a cocktail party oh, um, in a drosson the n- next mm-hmm. night next mm-hmm. night. And she went, No, I want you home. I want you to come home. And he did, and he didn't get home. Oh, and God. my did brother came to get me in the morning and took me home. Yeah, Eric, the one just oh. below me. And I came home and I still didn't never knew, had no idea um and chris was four Mm -hmm. and chris was running up and down the sitting room going daddy's been in a car crash daddy's been in a car crash and the doorbell went and i went to the door and it was the sunday mail or the sunday mirror or a reporter anyway and he went have you got anything to say and i went and said he said that to an 11 year old child yeah and i i went to my mum. i said so tell them to go away. And I said, You have to go away and <laughs> shut the door. And then my uncle Finn and Tuta arrived and she just grabbed me and hugged me. And my uncle put his hand on my shoulder really tightly. And I knew they didn't say a thing. I just knew. Oh, that makes you want to cry. That's just terrific. But that and then my grandma, my 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 um dad's mum. Uh-huh. Of course, was so upset that Rolf was in Australia, and now, and we sat in your from, dad's brother, Rolf. Yeah, yeah. Try and be make some sense of this. Sorry, and I sat on my grandma's knee, and cried and cried. And when I think about it now, because that's the way we spoke. She said, "God wanted it this way." <gasps> This is so and I just went it's the last it time I ever, ever thought about God or had any belief in a god. What yeah, a load idea. of nonsense. Yeah, what a load of shit. And uh yeah. Sorry, so that was your your dad's mum said that to you. Yeah, I just sat on her knee and and I can't remember how awful it was for her and my grandfather. But my grandfather died two years later, so it was, you know I think the, the yeah. business was imploding and yeah. Um, and so just talk about your mum then. I mean And my mum mom... Her mum, who also liked to drink, came over mm-hmm. and they spent their sorrow time together drinking and falling over and How long was she there for, her mum? I've no idea she was there. Quite a long time I think she was maybe there for six months I don't know she was there a long time yeah that so was like a long my, time and I was angry by this time and I got angrier and angrier, and my anger kept going because and i didn't i didn't understand what was going on i didn't understand um, well actually and now that I'm thinking about it my Dad died on the twenty fourth of April, and in July or August, Mm -hmm. we went to Norway. And ten days time, man. Oh, so it is. Yeah. Fourteenth of April today. And I went. Mum had a Ford Popular car, a little white car Mm -hmm. that Dad had given her and we drove down to Newcastle, went on a boat to Denmark, drove up Denmark and got the ferry over to Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if it was just me and her, or if any of the other kids have no idea. I only know that I spent the night with my mother in this hotel in Denmark, and she was pregnant with with Rolf, Rolf. of course. And um, she had him in November, so she was six six or seven months or whatever she was mm-hmm. and i do remember that that's the closest i ever felt with her because i slept in the same bed with her that night really and so you were that you were 11 then uh-huh. but that is the closest i ever felt to her and apart <laughs> from the year before she died when she was dying of cancer <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. so the year she was dying of cancer I was very close to her I mean I was always close to her but I was always trying to help her and I was always trying to make things better for her and nothing I could do could make it better for her uh-huh. I was so, um, fighting a losing battle with her so as you say it all changed then and I mean let's not go into too much detail because we've gone pretty deep already but um well i ran away when i was how was she so that was you were 11 when it happened Mm -hmm. and how was she for the next few years for your teenager i mean becoming a teenager without dad and going through puberty with a mom that's exactly what i thought i thought hang on a minute what about me you've gone off and left me and i'm just about to go into puberty Mm -hmm. um and um my mum was coping best she, can, she could, um, which wasn't very well. And I was angry. Mm-hmm. I was angry a lot of the time, but I know I helped the boys. I used to uh, look after Rolf, change his, his nappies, and make the dinner and, you know, spaghetti. Oh, yeah, he died, the he died in April. He died in April, and Rolf was born in the November. November. Yeah. 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 So, but it, it became, just became like a second mum to the. But it just became too much as I got older, and mm-hmm. once I left school, which I left on the Christmas. I was sixteen in the January, and I, I left when I was fifteen, just before my before my sixteenth birthday. I left. Oh, God, school. really. God. I left school, and the headmistress said, "Well, we can't." We can't say we're sorry to see you go. Oh, my God. Can I just ask, as this is, isn't something that I've asked you before, but what was, say, from 14 to that point, or 13 to that point at 15 when you left school, what were your days like? You went to school, and then what would happen in the evening when you came home? I'd probably go up and do my homework. You know, I wasn't a complete cow. <laughs> I'm expecting you to say but that, but... I was I cared about going out dancing, I used to go to bungees and the Gamp, but I mean I, I went into a pub when I was thirteen mm-hmm. you know so i i and I had all these crowds of people that I became friends with that were not quite Mary Erskine girls, you know, yeah, but you don't think that your mum so your mum didn't tie you down to the house and said you have to help me, and you have to. your responsibility now that you i i did it i i helped as a matter of course but Mm -hmm. she we argued all the time so i would leave the house and i would i would have to creep in at night Mm -hmm. and she would lock me out and i'd have to get in the kitchen window (laughs) i became very expert at (laughs) because it had a top skylight and i'd have to put my hand down to on, quite, um, i quite. I became a bit of a burglar. Yeah. And then I'd walk into the sitting room, and she'd be lying on the on the sofa with a downy over, her waiting for me to come home. Yeah. But there were the times where she actually got in the car and came and picked me up. You know, so. You know, we had a love-hate relationship. Mm-hmm. I remember. Oh God, I used to wear eyeliner. I mean, you know, proper sixties eyeliner with the peaks yeah. and. Um I used to paint the little um eyelashes at the bottom and everything, you know, and yeah, probably and then I'd have very, very pink lipstick, you know, that. Um, mm-hmm. and my blonde hair, you know, and mum would come and say, Oh, you know, it's all wrong, it's all and she would go and try and do and mum really? was, was an original beauty, she didn't need any eye makeup. You know, she needed a bit of lipstick and that was it. And she would try and do her eyes and she'd say, This is what you look like. I'd say, No, I don't look like that because I can (laughs) put it on properly. I wish I could have said to her, I'll do it for you. Yeah. But she ever remember once when we were having this argument, I I pulled the door, it slammed the door behind me and it was a glass door and it the whole thing shattered. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. How old are you then? About fourteen probably. Then you got in trouble then. Yeah, I mean, but also we would fight so but I remember she had a pair of scissors at my throat once that, you know, I mean we fought so badly. And it was was because she was unhappy And drank too much. And I mean, I certainly didn't drink too much then. But how did her relationship differ with you to the boys? Well, she was jealous of me because I was I was dad, daddy's little girl. And, Uh you know, the boys could do no wrong. They could do whatever they liked, you know, and actually the boys were a too young to be wild and running about. Mm-hmm. And my older brother Johan was a bookworm and just used, used to sit like a big sack of potatoes, <laughs> reading a book, and had no—I mean, I'm sorry—the boys had no gumption in them at all. I mean, well, I mean, nice I want... boys. I'm not saying they weren't nice. They are beautiful boys. They are, and we'll probably get killed if any of them listen to this. But no, I've met them all, and my god they are passive men compared to the to you and even aneta as well uh the women in the family seem to have balls no men in the family now, she's not. just mentioned aneta aneta came along when i had run away to norway to norway <laughs> i'd run away to norway i'd run away to london and i was 18 and i came home And when I came home, my mum told me that she was pregnant and she was pregnant. She'd had an affair with this very nice man who used to come around every Wednesday afternoon. And um, anyway, she was pregnant. And I went, oh, my God, what are you going to do? I said, surely it should be me coming home from London saying I'm pregnant, not you. Uh She went, oh, it's fine. I'm going to have her, have a have it it's fine, yeah. and of course her family didn't approve, and she hardly had gone back to Norway at, at, in those days. Mm-hmm. And anyway, she had a lovely little girl called Anetta, and a year later I had my son Christian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very close in age. Indeed. Um, so I spent we were talking about the relationship with you, with her, with you compared to her and with your brothers, and you think it's because she was jealous of jealous. She was jealous of my youth. And I mean, of course, when, as you get older, mm-hmm. you do look at, look at your, I mean, the other night, you know, when we were, <laughs> it's actually quite laughable now, <laughs> um, but I sent you a video of, so look what I'm watching. And it was mm-hmm. your old favourite film. Um... Hercules, Hercules uh, which is a Disney film, mm-hmm. and then I went to another channel, and on it was uh, Saturday Night Fever, and yeah. it was the one where they were doing the competition. Yeah, yeah, and it was and I got really really sentimental about being young good looking Mm-hmm. Attractive to men, men being attracted to me. You yeah. know, I mean, that goes out the window eventually. I'm not saying you can't flirt, but it's it yeah. it leaves you one day and you're allowed to be a bit sentimental about that. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. But you've never I mean, maybe you have been jealous of my youth or whatever, but you would never use it hold it yeah. against me. I'm I'm proud of your youth and actually the I mean, maybe I was lucky that i i don't think lucky is the word but i'd gone through so much with my mother and um i just knew that i wanted my daughter to be my friend you mm-hmm. know and i hopefully have never um treated you as badly as my mother bloody treated me and i don't mean she she didn't mean to but i ended up in in um counseling for many years thinking mm-hmm. it was because i missed my father and it was all because i wanted a cuddle from a mum. i wanted a good yeah and i and had lost. a good relationship but i just felt sorry for her and sad for her and we all did but she wasn't the type that could pick herself up and go out and live Mm-hmm. So after you became an adult, say you had Christian when you were nineteen, you'd run away to London. I was an adult by the time of Christian, definitely. Yeah, but you'd run away before then, and then you came back, had Christian. You found your own houses and everything in Edinburgh. You were living here. What was your relationship like with your mum as an adult? It was, it was lovely, except she was. Sad and pathetic, she was always she was drinking. she mm-hmm. was drinking all the time. And Did that ever make uh, you There was worried one about thing I actually, Sorry. Did that ever make you worried about your relationship with drink? Absolutely, but I know I don't have the same relationship with drink. Yeah, good. A little bit, but not as much as her. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that she was really, really good at was embroidering oh yeah yeah and she um had found this old norwegian tapestries book mm-hmm. and she she actually drew them onto squared gridline paper mm-hmm. notebook and she drew it all and then transferred that to cross stitch yeah and they were like huge weren't they they were they were, really, they they were like, bigger than the a1 no what do you call the well they're like A. Um, they're like one point five meters square, don't they? Or yeah. two meters squared. And and in her lifetime she sewed probably about twenty of them. And during those times, that was when I saw her, her calmest and her serenest yeah. and peace. Yeah, yeah. She she honestly, she sold some of them and she got terrible money for them. I mean, when you think it took her maybe a year nine months to a year to make one you know but do you think Um, that she was actually an introvert then do you think that she enjoyed that piece that downtime that reflection time of of embroidering and being on her own considering that she never you know she didn't want to interact with you while she was doing it and blah 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 It sounds like she was an introvert. So my question is, where the hell do you get your extrovertism from, my father. from? Absolutely from my father. But that's not true. That she would, if if she, she liked to party when she was younger. And when no, I know But drink. but do you, I mean, I would say that I would be quite like that. Yeah, that yeah. I am quite. I am definitely an introvert. But when we're partying, I'm having a good time, and I like. And I'm a very sociable person. Yeah. But yeah. I, when I have downtime, I enjoy it and I like to be in my own head sometimes. I think, and I would think that some of the boys are like that as well. Your brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Like your brothers are more like your mum and you are more like your dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you're right. I mean, <laughs> my brothers are just so not like me. Uh, not at all. So not like you. And yeah. and the lack of common sense in <laughs> Johan and Rolf, for example, is incredible. However, having said that, Rolf is now not nowhere near as bad as. I know, but despite all that, they're charming in their own way, aren't they? Oh, they're lovely. Yeah, they really are. Um, now, just go going back to your mum. Tell me about how your relationship progressed as you got. Um, older because what i wanted to ask was that did she ever know anything about gilda bloom did she know that you started your own business no not a thing it happened it happened a year after she died she died yeah. in, in uh she died in uh december 1984 80 1984 was probably the worst year of my life she died in december 1984 and 1985 I started um, McNally's um, mm-hmm. putting on stuff and 1986 was Gilda Bloom. And actually <laughs> it's a terrible thing to say, but when my mum died, that's when I got my freedom because I had all my life bringing up Christian and my son. Mm-hmm. Um, that was absolutely fine, but I wanted my mum to be okay. Mm-hmm. And it was really important to me and it occupied my time. And the fact was, my mum wasn't... I, I am a mixture of my mum and my dad completely. And my mum was an over-emotional... Um, she was great at cooking, great at baking, all that. And great, you know, crafts and, you know, really talented. But mm-hmm. as far as getting up and going out and doing something... Other than asking the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker for credit, <laughs> uh, flirting what she with them a lot. All she was very time. good at flirting. Yes, she was, and she was also good at. In when she was in her drinking days, she would always take something and put it in her pocket. You she know. would steal. Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah. I have. I think that's, that's something that you've learned from her. No. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I hope you're not talking about these Disney characters I got from... I am. Euro- That's exactly what I'm talking about. From Euro Disney. Um, well, they were now, very expensive. Well, you just shouldn't have nicked them or bought them. <laughs> um, I've got no you, white. What more do you want? You said that 1984 was the worst year of your life. Yeah. Why? Why? Because um, mum was diagnosed, but she hadn't... Oh, she told me in... uh... No, she couldn't have told me in 83, because I was in... Yeah, well, she died in 84 anyway, and she was confirmed with cancer, throat cancer... um in may of 84 and i also was in love with a person a man that was Mm -hmm. uh, that finished in april may of 84. so (laughs) so that and that was someone i'd spent a good few years loving and Mm. um, that finished heartbroken yeah, and that finished and I was, the rest of the year was trying to keep my mum alive and I lost so much weight, I went down to nine stone six, nine stone three. But you weren't eating, you were trying to keep her alive. You were stressed about it. You well, I wasn't trying to, to keep her alive, I was trying to um, be there for her. And I was there for her. And what about the boys? Was it was No, they were ignoring it. They're trying to make it go away. Anyway, I think we should end this in the fact that No, I don't want the... I'm and I'm, I'm not want i am i am not i am not in a rush to end it. I'm in I'm genuinely interested. We haven't talked about this before. And um what I want to talk about is how what terrifies me is how reliant I am on you and you say that you felt free after she um, died, which you probably feel feel guilty about saying that, but that is your truth. But I am so heavily reliant on you because you are my best friend and we we are so close that that terrifies me. But for you, it was a different emotion. You had a very different relationship with her than we do. Yeah, because mum obviously was madly in love with my father and that relationship I've always wanted to find and discover and I never ever did mm-hmm. and, but she had babies for the love of him not for her not and for sure. she absolutely loved them as long as she could hold them but the minute they ran they could walk on their own mm-hmm. she didn't have any control over them Mm-hmm. And she found the boy so much easier. I was not easy. There's yeah. no way on earth I was an easy child. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a happy child and I was but I mean, I can't even I can't even remember her scolding me or hugging me or anything. Yeah. When we were children. I can remember but I remember my dad and maybe that's because he died when I was young that I remember that. I just I know that it was still a happy childhood and, you know, she was pregnant a lot. <laughs> um, so when he died, I wanted her to be okay. Mm-hmm. And yes, she had an affair. She had quite a few affairs. And I was there to witness it. The boys didn't know anything about oh, it. You call it an affair, but she he was dead. I'm talking about, all right. She had a few shags then. What do you want yeah. me to say? Oh, she, had, she was romantic with other people. Oh, they were her, married! But, oh, right, okay, so it was an affair. Yeah. <laughs> I on her side that she was... It was, they were all after her because she was so bloody gorgeous. Yeah. But she wasn't going to get anything out of them. They were just guys after her. Yeah. And I walked in on her on multiple occasions and God knows what else. Oh, Jesus. So I, what happened after Christian was born is I became our relationship turned and I became the mother to her Mm -hmm. because she couldn't what she loved was sewing, cooking, providing Mm -hmm. and the rest of the time she was upset and I mean we had many times but I would probably why i shout so much that's all i can say i would probably agree with that i mean i was frustrated by her so much so much so that i actually phoned um uh, samaritans yeah what is it, what are they called the samaritans that's samaritans it. yeah i i i phoned the samaritans um to say you've got to help my mum. she needs your help and um they just took it that I needed the help. And mm-hmm. so many things happened. It's crazy. I mean, she was in Moffat with her sons and Annette, and they used to call her a witch, and you know, there was people that kids that harassed her and she had this dog and they they locked her in a phone kiosk once and oh I mean what? they could shit through her letterbox and well, because you know, she was different or why yeah because she was different mm. and the boys didn't know how to help her and I wasn't close enough to be able to I used to go down on the bus with Christian every Sun, Saturday or Sunday mm. and have dinner with them and you know I mean it was crazy that she moved down to Moffat but Anyway, that's another story. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's. I learned a lot from my mother of not how not to be. And I... But you must have learned something positive. Yeah, I learned how not to be over emotional and, you know, I, I learned how to be practical and get on with life. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean,
0: She was a good, beautiful, wonderful woman, but she didn't have the help she needed, you know. The support she needed, yeah. The support she needed. And her family were, you know, not helpful enough to her. So how do we upturn this? (laughs) Well, it made, I mean, what has it learned, what has it taught you of your relationship with me? Well, as I said before, the moment, I mean, I was so excited when I had a gorgeous little girl, um, after having brought up a boy um, who also <laughs> is a boy <laughs> um, but my family are full of boys you know mm-hmm. and um, I just knew I was not going to treat you the way that my mother treated me you know and she didn't I, was, I keep saying she didn't mean to I think it's because she loved me she was like that to me but, mm. but it still wasn't appropriate that she was so awful to me yeah. yeah, yeah. So what? I mean, what do you think you've done in our relationship that she didn't do with you? Um, I didn't put, a, didn't put a pair of scissors to your throat. <laughs> <laughs> you have chased me with a knife though, when I didn't come home. Well, it was a blunt knife, for God's sake. <laughs> um, I've never smacked you. No. Um I've really not had that many rows with you. I mean, you might think I have, but and I've been good to you. I know yeah. Actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking that, I'm just remembering that Mum I do remember um Mum saying how lovely I looked after a bath, how when I came out with a towel round. Um oh, and I said something about um my tummy, and she said, Well, you've always had a big tummy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> but we used to go to Marks, um Marks and Spencer, Patrick Thompson's, um, which was up um the bridges, mm-hmm. and we were allowed to she would let me take clothes home on approval. Oh we, yeah, so you could you could try them on. Yeah, and you take them home and she'll let you keep them or not. So mm-hmm. I mean you know things like that so you know it wasn't all bad (laughs) but I did when I was 14 or 15 I wanted to go out partying and I I actually took this uh, chain and gold cross and took it to the pawn shop Mm -hmm. to get money to go out how much did you get I don't know five and five bob (laughs) or something I don't, my mum was so upset that I did that. Well, for me, I mean, I adore you. I think you're a wonderful mum, and I'm very glad that we have the relationship that we have. But I would have liked to have met your mum. I wish you had met her as well. You might have made her a wee bit happier. <laughs> <laughs> I think Christian made her happy. She always said that Christian's not deaf. What are you talking about? My <laughs> uh, No, really? clearly. He's dead. He was diagnosed he, deaf at four years old. He's definitely I, deaf. I know she had six children, and they were all had to be perfect. You know, so oh, it's just well. But I learned a lot. Uh, well, you wouldn't I, be you without your mom, would you? No, and um, still, I mean, I still dream about her. And get I'm emotional talking. thinking about her. Um, yeah, but if if I got any affection from her as an adult, I had to give her the hug to get any hugs back. What was know? it like when she died? Oh, you know, that's like a that. long story. God Almighty! I no, d- but just in as a brief statement, how did you feel? Um, oh, well, I held her hand for sat down beside her when they sedated her and um, sat with her for four, five, six hours holding her hand until she died, until she stopped breathing. Because when I came you into know, the sounds, room, From that statement, it sounds like you were pretty close. You were yeah. the only one that was there that was with her when she died. Yeah, I was the only one there. Mm-hmm. But that's what I mean. Of course, we were close, but I wanted her to be happier and I couldn't make her happy. I did everything. To... And that's what I mean. That's why um, I became free when she died. But you don't know
1: how she because... felt about you ultimately.
0: Mm-hmm. You don't know how she felt about you. Oh, I, th- I know she loved me, but she. Yeah, didn't of course, know you know me. that she loved you, but you don't know you know you think that you were the one that wanted to hug her it might have not been like that it might be that she wanted you to hug her but she was bloody always emotional and angry and about how life had treated her you know and 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 she did did have a few chip things that happened to yeah but the thing is you have to be strong and get up and get on with it and you know and this ring and that ring was the ring she had on when she died. The ring that Katie has now got on her right third <laughs> finger from the left. My <laughs> right, oh, right now, finger. Anyway, um, <laughs> and it's a ruby and diamond ring, which is lovely. Looks like you've lost a diamond in there. You haven't, have you? No. no. Um, and I, well, I obviously boring. wore it for years, and my. Fingers swole yeah. up and I had to get it cut off. <laughs> so I had it reshaped. For yeah, me. I mean, I can't, I can't get it off. So good. Um. Oh yeah, this is a podcast, so it, nobody can see that. So that's good. Um. Right. Well, uh, you've just had an email notification. We've gone over an hour and fifteen minutes. Um. And there will be a bit of editing in this. I feel editing. Any last words on your relationship with the email? Um, yeah i miss my mom a lot but uh she didn't want to be happy the last years of her life so she wasn't Mm -hmm. so it was very sad and uh and you won't be making the same mistakes that she did well i already she died at 57 and i'm 70 already so i've outlived her (laughs) (laughs) and that was sad you know because such a beautiful woman that had everything to live for yeah so, I got to make uh, the most of it, don't mind. But she missed my dad, you know, yeah. and my dad went before his time. Your dad was her everything, so I understand yeah. that. That's right. And he was so, your. Um, I thought we were going to be positive again. <laughs> no, I thought that was a good episode. We've had three very depressing um episodes of the podcast, so I think that was sort of fun and interesting and. Your life fascinates me. I'm now sitting in the dark, which is why the screen is so fuzzy. Um, um I, Katie, I, finish the podcast. Oh sorry. Um <laughs> Thanks mum. Uh, it's been fascinating. You're very well. I love you very much. And I, I will, much. will never treat you the way my gorgeous mum treated me. <laughs> yeah. I mean despite what you're saying. As I said, I would still have loved to have met her. Oh, I know you should have met her, and um, maybe you're quite like her. Actually, I always see things. I see things in your face that is very much her. Not the nose, though, way. Eh? Mm, definitely not the nose. <laughs> Hi, darling. <laughs> um, right, we have got some interviews coming up next on the podcast, and then we'll yes, be doing some looking more. forward to it chat yeah, it's just the two of us we try and not all talk over each other shall we <laughs> yeah we'll try we'll be hard with some guests more than others yes indeed <laughs> look forward to it all right thank you for tonight thank you thank lots you. of love bye